The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and co-host Fred Fornicola. Our program discusses the facts about chronic health conditions and shows you remedies that work. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Hi, this is Tom Mantos, Speaking of Nutrition, and today we're going to be doing a real interesting talk on staying young, how to prevent biological aging. And my, I'm going to introduce my host, the young, the handsome and the virile, Fred Fornicola. <laughs> I was hoping you are going to add the virile in there. Okay, good. So, yeah, we do have a very interesting topic today. So, everybody, when we talk about aging, people usually think external, right? A little Botox, a little creams, a little elixirs. But what we're going to discuss, more importantly, is the biological aging. So, when we define bi- biological aging, it's the gradual accumulation of damage to various cells and tissues in the body. And... This is what happens over the course of time, obviously, and it gets um, accelerated if we don't take care of ourselves nutritionally and, you know, with, uh, with uh, exercise, strength training, stressors, which, which we'll discuss throughout the podcast. But, Tom, I wanted to, I wanted to read an interesting um, topic uh, from the New England Journal of Medicine. This is a statement from them quoting, uh, what does this say about our present state of health? Why are we witnessing the forecast of a decline in life expectancy in the next generation in the face of being the most medicated society in the world has ever seen? Comments, Tom? <laughs> yeah, and that's what uh, the New England Journal of Medicine? Yeah, 2000, 2005. Yes. And the other thing that they state is this generation of kids may start to have a shorter lifespan than their parents. Right. So, again, with all the technology and medication and all that, Great for emergency medicine, for promoting healthy lifestyle and longevity and preventing diseases. It's absolutely horrendous. Uh, you know, the United States, having the most technology, we're the most medicated, mm-hmm. but we're on the bottom of the of the ladder mm-hmm. as far as health right. in all industrialized countries. And we actually we're talked real, about that in our last podcast. Yeah, that has been, it, right? it's something, right? Yeah. Um, and then... <clears throat> There's a really interesting article I'm going to have Fred read from the Journal of Integrative Medicine. I think this kind of sums up our healthcare system and what we need to do to change things. Right. So you want to read that for us? Yes, Fred? this is from, uh, like Tom said, Integrative Medicine. This is uh, December 2003. And this is an abstract. The coming era of genomic medicine requires that healthcare practitioners develop technical skills to improve the management of aging and disease, incorporating information about patients, genetic tendencies, environment, diet, and lifestyle choices into the individualization of prevention and treatment strategies. Research tells us that the biggest impact we can make on age-related chronic disease will emerge from helping patients make key changes in their diet and lifestyle. But unfortunately, this is not the emphasis of most healthcare training, research, or practice. Change is urgently needed both to improve the quality of the extra years of life people are now experiencing and to relieve the economic burden of caring for a large elderly population. If you listen to those words, it's emphasizing exactly what Tom and I have been talking for the last seven, eight podcasts about emphasis on nutrition, taking care of your environment, 
looking at not just taking medications and rely on them as a means to an end of getting healthier because it really isn't. Right. And, you know, people need a lot, sometimes help with this. You're best trained. Uh, you know, I'm trained in functional medicine and your functional medicine doctor, which is more of what you would call the alternative doctor of the future. They're all trained for this. Traditional medicine does not really spend any time training people on, think, on prevention. But if you think about it, hundreds of years ago, we had more quote unquote functional doctors, functional medicine doctors, didn't we? We had people looking at using uh, botan- botanicals and stuff like that to actually try and heal people. Yeah, most, yeah. most of them are ridiculed, yeah. well, unfortunately. We're, we're not bloodletting anybody <laughs> anymore to get to see no, that. No, no, well, that was traditional <laughs> medicine, did the bloodletting. Yeah, so. On the aging, and, and you've heard me talk about this before, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, genetics and what impact that has. And I, as I said before, there's no direct gene for certain diseases, but there's a predisposition. That predisposition is about 25%. Your lifestyle and environment make up 75% of how that gene expresses itself. That's a huge percentage. Yeah. Now, one of the things... Uh, how I like to explain this is the book of life. You ever hear the book of life? And I don't mean the, the biblical lamb's book of life. You have right. to be in that to go to, you know, mm-hmm. that, that type of thing. This is the book of life that we write. So you have 23 pairs of chromosomes and we like to call it your book of life has 23 chapters okay. in it. You know, we write 75% of those chapters. That's massive. And a lot of that is modifiable, which we're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. you know. Now, one of the things people may not have heard about, which is really interesting, thing called telomeres. You ever hear about that? Actually, just recently, it got me very interested. So I'm looking forward to learning. Well, I'm trying to. (laughs) We're all here to learn. It's interesting. Telomeres is like caps on the ends of chromosomes. It's like a cap. Mm -hmm. And what it's responsible for is cell replication. So if your telomere starts shortening, cell replication starts to die till eventually that's the end of the cell's life. Mm-hmm. So our our goal, and we've been we, through a lot of experimentation, we found that certain lifestyle and certain plant compounds can extend the life of the telomere. In other words, lengthen it. Right. Other uh, habits shorten it. For instance, they did studies with women that smoke cigarettes, at least two packs a day, ate a high saturated fried food type diet, and also a sugary processed diet. Great acceleration of shortening of telomeres. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mediterranean diet, which I always talk about, right. has a positive effect on telomeres, sure, sure. particularly the plant compounds. Now, as far as uh, genes and telomere activity, one of the uh, things that consistently extends life in people and in animals, you know, same thing Mm -hmm. It's calorie restriction, calorie, calorie restriction. So this is out of the journal of nucleic acids resources, 2007 early studies suggest that calorie restriction reduces DNA damage. We're going to talk about that damage to DNA is what kills your cells off and causes biological aging. Right. But when people hear calorie restriction, they're thinking about eating one meal a day, which is unhealthy. No, no, just, not overeating. Yeah. Yeah. So by doing more of a calorie restriction, you're going to have a lower body fat. Right. You don't see a lot of people 90, 100 years old that are fat. No. You know what I'm mm-hmm. You really don't. Mm-hmm. So 
this calorie restriction enhances DNA repair. And calorie restriction has been shown to have significant effect on major DNA repair. So the DNA is able to repair through calorie restriction. So don't overeat. Mm-hmm. You know, at least monitor what you're taking. In. Is overeating just even good food causing a stress on the system, on the body and the system? That it's putting additional body fat on, yeah. Right. So really, we're talking about additional body fat. So yeah. Okay, additional calories. They go hand in hand, right? Right. Well, and, and but that's what I'm saying, because from a digestive process or something like that, that could. I was wondering if that was the cause of it being... Uh, causing an effect on it, but it's really just to keep out keeping your body fat levels. Yeah, more, you find a lot of like older people, like they were in their nineties and hundreds. They're not; they're pretty slim usually, right? And, and, they, and don't, they, they don't eat a whole lot, no, unless they, they have like really freaky genes. Well, their that, metabolism is very they, slow, right? So they don't need much energy. Either. Yeah. So, but you also have to think about as we age, though, we lose muscle tissue. That's normal. We're trying to we're trying to stop that too. So right. you have to be. It's interesting because when I talk to clients about this. When you're younger, you can get away with eating a ton of calories, even lousy calories, and you burn it off because your metabolism is so fast, right? As you get older, you need to be very, very careful about the what types of food you pick. And that's why we're over emphasizing the organic stuff. So if you're going to eat, you're going to eat pure or, you know, foods that have a lot of nutrients. In yeah, yeah. And you keep your calories down. That's why it's good to really eat. Get learn good, you know, nutrition at you know, at yeah. a younger age. Make right. sure your parents are, are monitoring what the kids are eating and all yeah. that. Because well, usually kids that really eat lousy as mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. they eat lousy as adults, mm-hmm. unless they unless there's a life changing event. Actually, know? I had that and happen to me. I mean, you know, growing up in a very Italian household, everything was fried and and you know, it was everything was, was pasta and everything like that and breads and stuff. And, and it was an adjustment 30 years ago, 32 years ago when you and I got together. So there's a, there's, there has to be an adjustment. It has to be a realization right. of what's going on. See, I always talk about the plant compounds and how they affect your gene expression. Mm-hmm. This is where all your medicines are at, right. in your plants. Mm-hmm. Here's a very interesting study, and this is the, the first thing that they looked at. Have you ever heard of the chemical Reservatrol? No. All right. Reservatrol is found in red wine. Okay. And in grapes. Yes, yes I That's did. the French paradox. Mm-hmm. They drink a lot of red wine. They have low heart. That's what they're saying. Right. Right. Yeah. So Reservatrol was the first thing to, they studied against what your uh, gene expression will look like. Mm-hmm. Let me read this from Molecular Biology 2004. Interesting, Reservatrol produced by plants in response to stress can activate the Sertian longevity gene. So it activates the longevity genes and increases telomere length. Okay. So I take, I take a lot of it, but not for that reason as much. They found that also Reservatrol, a, a pretty high dose, like I take about 600 milligrams a day. Capsule form? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if you're guzzling jugs, jugs of wine here, so we got to make sure. Well, that, does that count? <laughs> then I might take more than 600. I don't know. So the, the Reservatrol, as you age, men's testosterone tends to be converted into estrogens, which you don't really want it lowers your testosterone increases your estrogen sure. so reservatrol prevents that that's one of the reasons i take it plus it's a very powerful antioxidant yeah you know nutrient in that so now so we talked about the the genes and the telomeres to some degree now what's the we're going to talk about what's the difference between physiological aging and biological aging physiological aging is the number of years you are old right so 86 for you. Yeah, yeah at okay. least. Right. Um, biological aging is how you function. 
So I don't remember if I told this story, but I got to tell it again because it's quite amazing. The Functional Medicine Research Institute, um, they have all kinds of different programs. You hear me talk about them all the time. Probably going back about six or seven years, they had a case study of a guy that went there to get tested. He was having some health problems. He's only 45 years old. So they put him through, they, they do this whole battery of tests and physical tests and everything, and they can assess your biological age. Mm-hmm. He came out at 82 years old. 82. 82. Jeez. Okay. So he went through their 12-week program. So they changed his diet. They put him on exercise and, and the whole the whole meal, right? And then, he, you know, he left the program. What he did was he came back in four years because what happened to him, not only did he stay with a, a more, like pretty, pretty decent vegetable-based diet, uh, he also started running long distance and lifting weights. Right. So four years later, comes back a new person. Mm-hmm. Gets, goes through the whole thing, gets retested, came out at 28. Wow. Biological age of 28, from 82 to 28. So wow. what is that? You got a calculator? No. Was it 50, 54, 54 years? Right. So in four years, he reversed his biological aging by, yeah. by 54 years. I was going to say he would have been happy just getting back to his his, his, his physiological age. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Right? But he did, you know. Right. So it shows you at any age. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about, like, some exercise and, and aged people, whatever. But uh, what I want to do is get into the modifiable causes of aging. And again, not just the skin, but the organ systems and everything. Oh, so internal. define modifiable. I mean, meaning you, you have control. You have control. You have control. Okay, so you can, can, you can, we can manipulate whatever we manipulate it. Okay. Now all these modifiable uh, causes of biological aging at one time or another, I've talked about one in a different podcast, another one in another podcast. It's the first time I'm going to put it all together. Okay. And then if you want more information, you can go back to the podcast that I really went into detail with it. Mm -hmm. All right. The first modifiable cause of biological aging is what's called impaired glycation. Poor blood sugar control. Oh. That was a technical name. It It was. was Yeah. So it's prediabetes. Mm Mm-hmm or metabolic syndrome, or type 2 diabetes. Right, which we discussed in the first two podcasts. Yeah. Extensively. So if you, they want to get more information. Sure. but So one of the things that it does, and one of the other factors is inflammation. But one of the things that it does, when you have a high A1C, your doctor should run your hemoglobin A1C. If that's over 5.5, what happens is you form these things called age products. And I explained this in diabetes. Mm. Age product stands for advanced glycosylated end product, and it does exactly what it says. It ages all the cells in your body. Mm-hmm. Very ge- detrimental, along with the inflammation it generates. So diabetes is a horrible aging disease, sure. particularly to the brain in that. Um, and then <clears throat> the second, so you, you want to have your doctor check that, do your A1C. If you have a concern, you also do your fasting insulin. So your fasting insulin should be, Five to ten. If it's over that, you're headed for a problem. Right, right. All right. Second modifiable risk factor is going to be inflammation. I think I've talked about well, I think we're coming up on a break, so let me Well, we got a little I'm, we got a little bit. We got a little time I can I can play up on that. Sure, yeah. Because I've talked about inflammation on almost every podcast. It's been the number one thing that's brought up yeah. all the time. Yeah, so sure. if you if you really want detailed, more detailed, the was it the last podcast we did? Yeah. On the inflammatory disorders, autoimmunity, autoimmune diseases, Mm -hmm. the fire within, I call it. Right. I go 
all into the the inflammatory. Right. And, and every every podcast we've had since then has been about inflammatory. And so I'm going to ask you to hold your thought. All right. And we're going to take a, we're going to be back in a couple seconds, and uh, we'll, we'll see you in a bit. Mantos's Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Bornicola. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. Tom, you're going to continue on on uh, inflammation now, right? Right. Inflammation. Uh, when you have your general blood test, here's some indicators that there's a lot of inflammation besides how certain conditions that you may have. But I always talk about do C-reactive protein, TNF-alpha. That's tumor necrosis factor alpha. Your doctor should know what TNF-alpha is. And IL-6. That's interleukin-6. These three are your major inflammatory markers. And again, you can go listen to my podcast on inflammation, and I break it down into a lot of detail. If you need help, you either contact me or you can contact somebody in your area, functional medicine doctor. If you have questions on it, you can call me or send me a, you know, an email through my uh, website on that. But inflammation does... That's the bottom line of everything almost. Now, one thing I'm thinking about, there was a study. They wanted to know centurions, people that live to 100 and over. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between them and people that die much younger Mm -hmm. and earlier? Mm -hmm. And there's only one factor they found. What's that? Well, that's centurions. Centurions are 100-year-old people. Mm -hmm did not have any antibodies produced in the body. So there was no autoimmunity going right. on. Okay. No antibodies. No inflammation. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. People in their 40s and 50s, and I see it getting younger, that have antibodies being generated to the thyroid and like Hashimoto's disease and all that. Those are the ones where they found that they don't do quite as well. Right. So those are things that you need to take get on and take care of. Don't just go and get a drug for it. Right. Right. Because you, you know, you have so many additional factors that are out of our control to some degree, right? When you look at environment and I'm just talking about the air quality, we're talking environment, work environment, personal environment, some things can be modified or, you know, resolved and, but you're under stressful work conditions, stressful personal conditions is we have stress every day. It's how you handle the stress. And some people handle it quite well. You don't need to have a meltdown, right? right. That doesn't mean you're handling it well because your body, just because personally you don't seem to be affected by it, doesn't mean that your body's not taking a beating from it either. That's what I talk to my clients. I have one client, he travels all the time and he just, he goes, 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 and he doesn't complain about it. Never. He just gets and goes. He comes into the gym once, twice a week when he's home. But I told him, I what said, does he do when he's on the road? Does he lift, work out? No, he doesn't. That's well, not time. He's what, what, yeah, I but get the it, thing but is he's 12, 14 hour business days. Yeah. He tries to walk as much as he can. He tries to eat as well as he can. Okay. But I, my point to him was this, 
you know, you're like a punching bag. You can take a ton. That does not mean it's not taking a toll on your body. And that, just because you don't show it, because you're tougher, if you will, or you can, you have a greater capacity from an emotional standpoint, doesn't mean physically that you're not getting, you know, it's not like you're getting beat up in there. And so you have to take precautions with all these things when you know you're exposed to this type of environment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the third thing is called oxidative stress. And I think I covered this in the heart disease too, but I'm going to go into it a little bit We've more. we covered a lot I don't of remember. Stuff, so. Yeah, it's, but people may have heard of free radicals and antioxidants and all this kind of thing. It's, it, those are keywords people throw around on the media. Yeah. So. so oxidative stress, I'll explain what that is. As an example, throw a tin can outside and it rusts. That's oxidative stress, yeah. right? Now, if you cut an apple open. Turns brown. Right, but grandma used to put lemon juice on there. The vitamin C neutralizes the oxidative stress on the apple and it doesn't get brown. Right. Take a rubber band, throw it outside. After a while, it's not elastic anymore. It snaps. Yeah. Right? Oxidative stress. Same thing happens in the body. Oxidative stress, you have a whole defense system for it. Mm -hmm. All right. You got, let's look at sources of oxidative stress. Uh, Chemicals, pesticides, a lot of your medications poor liver detoxification, excessive exposure to x-rays, sunlight, ozone, smoking. One cigarette produces one trillion free radicals. One trillion? One trillion. It's so a big number. So you're a two-packer. It's almost as much as our deficit. You're, you're, you're a two-packer a day. You get <laughs> some serious problems. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on. Alcohol, a high-fat sugar intake, and uh, also heavy metals. Those are big sources of oxidative stress. What oxidative stress does, it actually, on a molecular level, damages your DNA. Mm -hmm. DNA gets damaged. Right. You know, particularly mitochondrial DNA. The mitochondria is the area of the cell that generates energy for your muscles and your heart and Mm -hmm. your brain. That goes, you go. Right. Right. A lot of damage to that. Fortunately, we have different compounds we can get from our diet that protect us like an army. And these would be things like beta carotene vitamin C, vitamin E, selenium, zinc, what's called glutathione, people have heard of coenzyme Q10. And some of the most powerful ones are found in your plant compounds, like resveratrol that I talked about, powerful neutralizer of oxidative stress. Great. Along with other ones, I don't like to focus on just one. I like to get a variety of vegetables and plant compounds and that. Well, here's the thing about, like, since we're talking about oxidative stress, when you think about it, it's not a symptomatic thing that you can look at and see, you know, you don't no. know these things are going on inside of you. Right. So when you have aging and somebody goes, Oh, I have an age spot. I have a wrinkle. That's, that's a visible aging mark. For, yeah. right? But now when you have things going on internally like this, like we talked about it in our bone health, you don't know what's going on inside. It's only when you have a problem that it's almost too late at that point. Well, you know, for some, some of my patients, we do what's called an oxidative stress test. Okay. So you can actually do it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to do. We have genetic labs that do it. Yeah. And it'll tell you if you had a high level, if there's a lot of oxidative stress. So, so then what we do is we strategically add on antioxidants and plant compounds to the person's diet and then retest it at some time, usually eight to 12 weeks. And you'll see a tremendous reduction in this damage to, okay. you know, to the body. Okay. So that's a great point. So then what happens or why would someone come in? Is it based on their symptoms that you say to them, well, okay, you do smoke, you do uh, drink alcohol, you're exposed to this. Um, what, may, what prompts you as a 
clinician to say we should do an oxidative test on you because of what their symptoms or their complaints are or their issues? Most chronic diseases, you might want to look at it, you know, based on their diet. Yeah. Or if somebody comes in and just says, Tom, I'm just here for prevention, which is wonderful. Okay. I don't get that much of that, but mm-hmm. when they say, you know, I just want to tune up my diet a little and get some extra exercise in and all that, mm-hmm. what can I do? You know, I'll look at aging, some people concern. We can run those things and look at it. Okay. You know, yeah. The other thing, and I talked about this at the heart disease uh, podcast that I did, is what's called impaired methylation. Now, methylation happens all over your body, in your heart, your arteries, in your brain, all over the place. And the way we, when methylation is impaired, it can cause a whole host of different uh, disease states. How we measure methylation, some people may have had their homocysteine done. Everyone should have their homocysteine measured. You know, I learned about homocysteine 30 years ago, and only recently doctors are starting to really look at it. I tell people to get it measured all the time. Now, homocysteine, if it's elevated, causes a whole host of problems. Coronary artery disease. Big time. Totally beside what your lipids are or anything. You can have perfect lipids and, and all everything else fine. If you have high homocysteine, it's a real abrasive to the arteries. Is that a specific test or can that just be an add-on to it? Like yeah, add it on. Add it on. Any label will do thing? it. Okay. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Parkinson's disease, another one. Dementia, breast cancer, colon cancer, birth defects. Like you heard of neural tube defects. Mm-hmm. Babies, that's folic acid deficiency. Folic acid is what brings down homocysteine. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, it can also cause a shift to prone inflammatory states. So it may also increase inflammation in the body. Another problem. The way we get homocysteine down, I don't use straight folic acid because sometimes people have have a problem metabolizing it. You get methylated folate. At least 800 micrograms of methylated folate. Make sure you're taking a little extra B12 and B6 with it. And that will generally bring the homocysteine down. So the the range for labs will vary. It might be zero to 12 or zero to 15. The optimal level for homocysteine is four to eight. If you're above eight and you're taking the methylated folate at 800 micrograms, double it, get it retested in eight to 12 weeks. This is what happened to me this summer. I had a whole laundry list of blood tests I did, right? With Dr. Grasso. And my homocysteine, it wasn't high, but it was like 10.2. Mm. Now, me, I'm like, well, that's not optimal. I'm not happy about that, right? So I'm gonna, so I took some methylated folate extra right. with that and a little extra B6, B12. And I'm going to have it retested in January. And I want it 4 to 8. I demand that it be at 4 to 8, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so those are things, you know, again, homocysteine being elevated, can not only damage like the arteries and that, but it increases inflammation. It also damages gene expression. So it's very important to measure. You go back 10 years ago, none of the doctors knew what homocysteine was. Right. Yeah. I learned this 30 years ago from Functional Medicine Institute, and they mm-hmm. said it was going to be a huge risk factor in the future. Mm-hmm. And as usual, they were right. But you're also looking at these diseases like cardiovascular disease and Parkinson's and um, you know cancer, things that... Scary stuff, right? right? But it also sneaks up on you. Again, it's yeah. not symptomatic, right? I mean, all of a sudden you're having an issue and it's almost too late sometimes. So these are preventative type measures yeah. that we're dealing with. We're not dealing with, you know, you know, you have a problem with your gut, um, you have headaches all the time, things like that. Those are some symptoms, but this, this is something you don't know yeah. what's going on inside. And it's preventable. 
Right. It's well, easily done in a blood test. You get really good comprehensive blood work. Some doctors just do like standard blood work. Yeah. But if you're looking for other things, it doesn't include that. So it's, it, well, it's this a, is what I do with I, when I evaluate a patient, I'm going to make them a list of additional blood work. I'd like to see their doctor run on. Well, most of the time when you look at blood work, it's just they're, they're really looking at your, your cholesterol levels, right? Your triglycerides and some of the other markers. Yeah, that kidney be, function and yeah, all that. I mean, which is important. Yeah. But you're talking about future preventative type illnesses. They, here. they normally don't routinely do inflammatory markers at all. And even when you have an inflammatory disorder, I look at blood work and there's no inflammatory markers on there. I'm like, well, what yeah. do you, what kind of questions are you asking? Right. You know, you're not even asking an inflammatory so, question. So you're saying right now the standard, you know, annual physical with blood work is really limited. It depends on the doctor. Yeah, but, but it, what, in the Oh, for, for the most part. But from a standards look at it, it's pretty general and pretty limiting. It is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So in knowing or potentially knowing may be a problem. It's again, you said it's more preventative. The topic we're on today is more preventative than anything. Right. Right. So, Preventing, you know, early aging of organs. Right. You know? Right. Well, we don't think in those terms. Again, it's that's down the road. You know, everybody yeah. thinks about the bone density thing like we discussed I'm fine. I'm walking around. I don't have any issues. I feel fine. You fall on your ass and break your hip. Yeah. Well, that's right? always a problem, right? Yeah. But if you know, like, you know, if you're having your results of your blood pressure is too high or your cholesterol is too high, then you're reactive. This is a proactive measure. Most right. people are not proactive. They're reactive. Yeah. In some cases, they're not. But usually reactive. like a, lo- a lot of the, I could say I have some really good patients when they come, they want to do something with it. They want to get off all these drugs. They want to, you know, they want to initiate I mean, I've had some of the same patients 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. not even kidding. Like they'll see me like once a year for a tune up. Right. You know, well, if I've smart. been seeing them for so long. Yeah, not a yeah it's always good to see them too, you know, to yeah, see how they're doing sure, and everything. Sure. So the other factor, and I've talked, we've talked about this quite often, is sarcopenia. Oh, yeah. Muscle, what does that mean, Fred? That means muscle wasting. That's right. Mm-hmm. Muscle wasting. Which happens so, at an earlier age than we expect anymore because you start you, losing muscle at 30. Right, right. Because like you said, more people are inactive. If you think about years, decades ago, or actually generations ago, a lot of people, a lot more people were physical. People cut their own lawn. They walked around. They walked places. They rode their bikes. They did things physically where we can, we're very convenient. We don't even walk to stores anymore to buy things. We hit a button. <laughs> like in my, in my neighborhood, right? Mm. We all got pretty big yards. Right. I'm the only person that cuts his own yard. Right. The only one. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is long. I said, if I can't even cut my own yard, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm cutting it. And I say, well, I'll burn a few calories. Well, right. Yard, for yeah. God's and sake. it's just pride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much. <laughs> so the loss of muscle mass means loss of function. Right. And health. Yeah. And interesting, like the human performance labs in Maryland proved that people even in their 80s and 90s years old that have never trained, when they start a real regimen of, of working out geared for them, yeah, every one of them gains muscle mass and strength. Sure, sure. No matter what age. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I see that every day in my place. I uh, have listen, people in their I, 80s that they, they, I wish I had this one gentleman's bicep, the way he has his arms have developed. So yeah, and we've talked about some of the old guy, like the sure. old 90 year old guy that lifted 405 for yeah, two reps. Sure. Like most people couldn't even move. No, it. Listen, it would take I, three people to move. I, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just actually very inspired by people who get yeah. up and go to the gym at any age like that. Because I, I know. I, I know of a couple of 80 year olds 
they could knock most people out oh. and you wouldn't even realize. I have <laughs> a lot of my, a lot, excuse me, my demographics. I'm in the 50s, 60s, but I had a lot of seven-year-olds and a lot of women. And that's the thing too, is you think about in days in the gym, we, when did you ever see a woman in the gym? I mean, I'm not, I'm not being sexist here, but we've been in gyms for 45 years. There, you never saw a woman in the gym. Right. And then all of a sudden, if you weren't wrestling or playing football, I wasn't allowed to go into the gym when I was a kid because I played basketball. I got rejected by two or three gyms because I was too small. I told them I played basketball and they said only wrestlers, football players, or bodybuilders were. Yeah, now, now everybody every, does it. Even golfers. I mean, everybody, everybody every, it, it improves everybody at any it, level. It, it, there's no restriction on making your improvement. I have a saying, it's like, you know, you, you age is a factor, right? But it shouldn't be an excuse. Right. Whether you're 15 or 115, you still can go out and exercise. We're going to mm-hmm. take a short little break and we're going to continue on with this topic. Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. So, Tom, in um, to wrap up the sarcopenia part, in what I see when I have clients come in, anyone who comes in two times a week, full body workouts, meaning they train all their major muscle groups, their their legs, their arms, their chest, shoulders, back, abdominal muscles, that right. If they go spend 20 minutes to half an hour, that's why normal training sessions are about 30 minutes. We may go through a handful, 10, 12 exercises, excuse me, given a good effort. We do one, maybe two sets of an exercise. We move quickly between the exercises. I have seen so much productivity in in people. Now, they're not changing dramatically. They feel better. What I love to hear is when they come back in and they tell me about how functional they are. They feel better. They can get up and down the stairs. They can take their Christmas ornaments down and, and put them up and then they don't fear falling and they don't have issues reaching for the, the coffee cup on the top shelf because they have more mobility. All this happens. It happens quite quickly. So everybody goes, well, geez, I'm 70 years old. What am I going to do? It's an, a huge improvement. It's, it's an amazing improvement, actually. It's, it's very inspiring, like I said earlier. But it's, it's a, I look at this and say, my God, I'm watching somebody 75 years old actually get stronger, get more flexible, more productive, more functional in life, and they have more energy. You know, they can run circles around me sometimes with, the, you know, their energy levels. So, you know, you don't have to look at yourself as I'm too old to and then, you know, right. not do anything right. because that is a really – that's a real bad approach to going to, to, to resolving your problem because at any age you can make improvements for sure. Right. There's no doubt. Well, I'll just give you my, myself an example. You know, I do, um, I, you know, I've competed through my, my whole life, power bodybuilding wrestling. So last 12 years I've been doing submission wrestling and jujitsu submission wrestling is really wrestling with chokes, arm breaks without wearing a gi. So it's, it's brutal. The owner of the, my MMA place he used to fight, uh, you know, MMA, UFC and all yeah, that. Yeah. He goes, 
there's nobody your age that should still be grappling like that. But yet again, I've been training 45 years. Wait, I never miss. Right. And uh, I grapple 18 to 20 year old, you know, college wrestlers and I submit them, mm -hmm. choke them out, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I can still move around. You know? right. So yeah. feel pretty good, you know, well, that, so that I can still do that. Yeah, I mean, cause I but, love, I love grappling. Right. You know? But you know, you may have lost a step or two, but you still need to go not out too and try it. Not too much. I'm still pretty, pretty explosive. Yeah. You know? Well, that's good. I mean, the recovery is a little longer than what it used to be. That's the key component. <laughs> you know, like right. the shoulder joints, I have to go sure. to the chiropractor a little extra, yeah. you know, but, but that, uh, but that is yeah. the key component. You don't need to start, you know, losing muscle tissue. Like we said, it's estimated about a half a pound annually that you lose muscle tissue if you're not strength training. Yeah. So you think about a decade goes by, you lost five pounds of muscle, but yet you say, well, I weigh the same. What that really means is you lost five pounds of muscle and put on five pounds of fat. Yeah. And so you're really doing yourself a disservice from a health perspective, from a functionality perspective, from just enjoying life because you can do things much easier when you're stronger, more mobile more cardiovascular fit just life becomes a lot easier carrying the groceries washing the car whatever it's just much yeah. easier and then the last thing and i'm not going to talk a lot about this because i think we're going to do a podcast on hormones mm -hmm. have a comprehensive hormone profile done i'll just give you a little pearl for men if your free testosterone is low mm -hmm. and sometimes when it's low you'll have estrogens a little too high go to a doctor that does replacement testosterone replacement therapy. It's like the fountain of youth has tremendous benefits. People have misconceptions about testosterone, but I'm going to spend a whole maybe podcast on hormones. It's just too much to go into. Sure, with but, it. But, but TRT is something that is frowned upon, right? Usually because people think nah, about the research is quite, quite definitive. It lowers inflammation. It lowers your risk to prostate cancer, to cardiovascular disease, to neurological diseases. It increases your muscle mass, increases your libido. There's tremendous benefits to it. Mm -hmm. But you have to go to a doctor who knows how to monitor it. I was going to say, because there's some precautions. That are yeah, you don't just go off on your willy-nilly and start right. doing stuff. You gotta right. go to a good doctor. You know? Now, the other people may be interested in this book. It's a great book called The Blue Zone, and it's by Dan Butner. Is that right? Okay. Butner? Yeah. The Blue Zone is a book written about areas of the world where people live the longest. And I'll read you some of the areas. It's not going to be the U.S., I can tell you that. Well, there's one area in the U.S., so <laughs> it's interesting. Costa Rica, Japan, Okinawa, Sardinia, and Loma Linda, California. Loma Linda? The, the only area in the whole United States that has a longer lifespan. Is it like, you know, like 5,000 people live there or something? <laughs> no, no. no. They're Seventh-day Adventist. Ah, uh, okay. okay? Stress-free, huh? They live like 10 years old, longer than the average American. So they're vegetarian. They yeah. don't drink. They don't smoke. Right. They have close family ties, very close, religious with God, mm -hmm. very close unions and ties. And they do a lot of physical activity. They're like the Amish. They build their own uh -huh. buildings and all that. I have an interesting input about the Costa Rica. I have a client that lives in New Jersey, okay? Businessman, developer, real estate developer, busy all the time. He has property in Costa Rica. He'll go there for maybe a week here and there. And in January, he'll go away for an entire month. He comes back. Okay, he's not working. I get that. He comes back. He always loses five or eight pounds. He, he's healthier. He looks great. It's because they the food is fresh. Yeah, yeah, the food is fresh, he said. I was talking to him today about it. The food's fresh. It's, it's friendly. It's not rushed. Everything's pleasant. It's slow-paced. I mean, yep. okay, they don't have our economic status, I get, but you know, there's sometimes there's more things to money than money. And he comes back, he's healthier than ever. Yeah. You know? So let me give you some characteristics that they found consistent with people that live the longest. 
80% rule, stop eating when you're 80% full. There's nothing worse than feeling bloated like a whale after you eat. Well, you I, be, way before that, I stopped eating. Well, you need to be mindful when you're Yeah, eating. 80% full. Plant power, more less processed foods, more fruits and vegetables. That's one of them. Red wine in moderation, unless you're like a diabetic and you can't really but that was it. because of... And that's from the Mediterranean diet, too. Right, you know, right. they found that that works. Um, know your purpose in life. Beliefs, spiritual or religious participation. Downshift, work less, take a vacation once in a while, relax, chill yourself out. Mm-hmm. Move, find ways to move uh, mindlessly, make moving unavoidable, do stuff. Yeah. You know? Belong, create a healthy social network and make your family a priority. Right. Because a lot of that has to do with longevity. Sure. You know, yeah. if you're lonely and depressed and miserable, you right. know. Right. You're not going to do anything. You can lay on a couch all day or sit on a computer yeah. and do nothing. Sure. Yeah. Get a pet. Mm. So my cat, let me tell you, my cats have helped me through stress through the years before I got married. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't believe. I love no, my, I know. I, mean, I love my like, cats, man. <laughs> I love my cats. <laughs> Been through some situations. That they, <laughs> animals are helpful. Yeah. Now. I'm going to give you a couple of things that I do and reasons why I do them and what I take supplement wise. So again, plant-based diet, I follow a modified Mediterranean. That's more of a plant-based diet. People that that eat that way have the longest lifespan. Vegetarian diet done properly, you know, more plants and things you're doing, you're on the right track with that. Right. Now, there's two supplements that I take and you don't have to take them, but you can check it out. You go to my website, tommantos.com. It's supplement store, hit Metagenics. These are patented products from Metagenics. They're very interesting. The first thing that I take is called Phytomulti. Do you take that? I definitely. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what's interesting about Phytomulti. Mm. It has all the vitamins and minerals in it in really high doses. Yeah. But what they add to it, a lot of supplements add like broccoli extract and pomegranate extract, just extracts from the plant. Not this one. They only take the active chemical from broccoli, like indole 3 carbonyl only take the active chemical from green tea. So the, the potency is, is much higher. Right. And here's two studies they did on it. They did what's called an ORAC study. O-R-A-C, ORAC, stands for Oxygen Radical Absorption Capacity. What it tests is how much oxidative stress can it actually buffer, oh, wow. like take care of. Really? It's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. It scored super high, 25,000 they scored on this ORAC test. Hmm. For those not familiar with it, it's it's real high. Then they did another test, which has never been done on a supplement ever. It's called a comet test. Comet? Comet test looks at DNA stability in the mitochondria. With this supplement, after 12 weeks, it increased DNA stability by 52%. Wow. I have all the research for it. I know. That's why I take that multi. Yeah. It's quite unique. Yeah. The second thing I take, make sure I get my phytonutrients in. I mean, I at least have a, probably a shake every day or, mm-hmm. you know, most times, right? Metagenics also puts out this stuff called Phytoganics. It's 100% organic, the whole thing. And really, this is just a blend of concentrated fruits, vegetables, herbs, a whole laundry list. I just take a scoop of that and throw it in my shake. Right. Those are the two, like, main things. And I know every day I'm getting a massive load of phytonutrients from my from my plants. Right. Plus, you're, eat, plus you're eating organic I, plus diet I, anyway. Plus, so. I, eat it, I eat all that stuff up, yeah. right? Is there, is there a point where there's a – I guess there's never too much phytonutrients in your body, right? I mean, your body's going to absorb that and utilize these nutrients. Well, you, might have, you might have a problem if you – drink too much carrot juice yeah i know but i'm talking from an absorption utilization nah, nah. 
Yeah, because we talked about that expensive urine, right? <laughs> yeah, don't bring yeah. that up again. Yeah. Oh my so, God. No, but <laughs> my point being is that it's not it's not that you're wasting this, but there's not you can't overdo eating enough vegetables. No, right. No. That's my point. See, like when you do it in supplement form, like it's giving you. Let me give you a concentrated value. Let me give you an example. Women at rest of breast cancer have altered estrogen metabolites. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that are scientifically proven to fix that problem is cruciferous vegetables. Right. Broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Brussels sprouts, Mm -hmm. right? The chemical that's in there that's been, that does that is called indole three carbonyl. Right. Now it's in like, it's in that phytonutrient as part of the blend. So if I have a woman and I can do the test and she's like has breast cancer or at risk for it, what I want to do is get rid of that bad estrogen metabolite quick. Right. Sure. So I give her capsules of meta I3C. Mm-hmm. So two capsules of meta I3C equals 10 cups of Brussels sprouts. 10 cups. 10 cups. Wow. So, but within 12 weeks, it fixes the problem. Yeah. Almost every single time. Wow. And then you can go off and just concentrate, make sure you eat some sure. broccoli and right. stuff once, you know, yeah. or a couple take times the, take a week. Fight, take the phytonutrients. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah. why I take it just as an insurance well, package. Sure. Yeah. You know. But you also, you're, hmm, you're also utilizing a lot of these nutrients too when you're athletic, right? You're out doing stuff. Yeah. Your body needs more nutrients to, to function properly. Because people tend to forget, you know, I, I remind people all the time, they're like, well, should I take, I don't need to have, take my, um, I don't t- need to take any, uh, you know, juice or anything like that because I'm not sweating. I'm like, your muscles still need to have nutrients to, to fire, to function, to, to be utilized, yeah. to replenish itself. You just can't just sit there and go, oh, I'm not sweating. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You have to take your stressors and, and everything you're doing in life into consideration when you're, when you're looking right. at this to make sure you see, get everything. See, there's a balance, Fred. Recovery is very important. So there's a balance between anabolic state, which is building right versus catabolic, catabolic right. which is a breakdown. Sure. So we want, if you're in a catabolic state, you're breaking down right. over a long period of time. Right. So to prevent aging, you want to have a balance or you want to be in an anabolic sure. state. So at any age, let's say that you're lifting weights mm-hmm. and, and this is goes to the individual. Your goal is not to just go in there and do the same amount of weight and reps you did 10 years ago. Your, no, goal, the- your, your goal is to, Try to get a little stronger. You want to be improved, sure. Improve. Yeah. Improve the anabolic status. Right. Don't just stay the same. Right. And it's not even about lifting more weight as much as it's improving the anabolic Or you might status. do an extra rep, you know, here or whatever. Right. You're going well, the goal is, the goal is again, it's not a, it's not from an ego standpoint, it's from an L standpoint. Right. Right. So you're right. trying to make mine's it. E- mine's ego. Well, no, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew most that. People, I mean, most people figure that out by now. I've been but, doing this for yeah. so long, you know. Yeah. Same here, though. You want yeah. to be able to, but I look at it from personally, honestly. I look at it just from a pure health standpoint. Yeah. I look at the stressors in my life, the workload I have, my sleep patterns, my eating. I look at all those things when I evaluate it. And I go in there going, I need the best support system I can get. You know, And that means a combination of everything, like you said, lifting weights, doing cardiovascular, eating properly, taking some supplements just so I can stay on that positive side. I don't want to slip into the negative side. And, right. and you can slip out of that when you start to overtrain yourself because you're not getting enough nutrients or enough rest and sleep and sleep. you got to get plenty of sleep. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's okay. As we're talking about aging, it's okay to grab a nap now. Oh, I, whenever I can, I yeah, grab a nap. don't do it while you're driving. I got you're good. But, <laughs> nah. but. So what we're going to, uh, what I want to do is next podcast, me and Fred had talked about it. And I think this will help a lot of people 
and it's helped me tremendously. I'm sure it's helped Fred, but I like to work with people, especially if you have like goals, you want to get healthier, you want to lose weight. Everybody has, you know, pretty soon we're going to be turning the corner after New Year's and people will be like, oh, I want to lose weight for, you know, for summer and all this kind of, I always do that, that too. So what you need to do is make behavior changes. So what I, what I'm going to do is put together a, a talk that I do with a lot of my patients on changing your mind to lose your belly. Does totally. that make sense? Yeah, it does. So you, certain behavior techniques that you do so that you can keep, you know, lose the weight, mm-hmm. keep it off and become, become more disciplined. Because as I'm going to explain, you can't be motivated all the time, you know, mm-hmm. but you can be disciplined. Yeah. I, no, I couldn't even tell you the last time I missed the workout. Right. There's days I, I don't feel like working out. No. You know, I'm like, I, I could stay home and watch live PD, mm-hmm. you know, or something. But <laughs> I go because I'm disciplined. But once I get there and start warming up. You feel better. You oh, I, I'm, I'm you're glad you went. Once I get warmed yeah. up, I'm, yeah. I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just yeah. fact of me getting, getting to it. Right. Unfortunately, we have to we have to wrap up. But I wanted to just tell our audience that if you're on Apple Podcasts, and if you don't mind and rate and review our, our uh, podcast, we're also on Voice America. You can look up um, all our web addresses, tommantos.com, fitbyfred.net. And uh, we're also on Instagram at um, speaking underscore of underscore nutrition. And uh, thanks for listening to us and stay healthy. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening this week to Tom Mantos Speaking of Nutrition with co-host Fred Bornicola. We have new episodes every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us again soon as we continue your personal journey to better health.